Welcome to the Spirit of Work solo episodes of the Culture and Leadership Connections podcast. If you long to see happier and more humane workplaces and want to reflect on how that could happen, you are in the right place. These monthly solo episodes are based on my book, The Spirit of Work, Timeless Wisdom, Current Realities. The book was written from three complementary sources of knowledge. One, the sacred writings of the world's spiritual traditions. Two, scientific developments on human behavior and well-being in the workplace. And three, insightful experiences from business, my clients, and my own work. In each episode, I elaborate on one of the ideas from the book and ask questions to help us all think more holistically about work. Join me as we combine the wisdom of the past and the reading of our current realities to build the future of work. And now for today's episode. Hello, Culture and Leadership Connections podcast listeners. This is episode two of my solo episodes about the spirit of work. And the theme today is the need for spiritual awareness for a new future of work. In this episode, I'm focusing on the foundational premise of the book, which is that humans are essentially spiritual beings and that work is an expression of the soul. I start the concept on page 7 with a traditional Jewish story about a rabbi whose example inspires others. In order to show people how inspiration is necessary if we wish to unify and also transform behavior towards something that will be inclusive of all. So here's the story. Once upon a time, there was a well-loved rabbi who periodically disappeared from his community and would reappear without explanation one or two more days later. When he disappeared, people would say, ah, our rabbi is so holy he has ascended into the seventh heaven, like the great teachers of the past. One of the villagers, however, was not so convinced and decided one day to spy on the rabbi and find out where he went. This curious villager stayed an unobservable distance away, just enough not to be detected, yet never lose sight of the rabbi. One night, he noticed the rabbi leaving his home and followed him. The rabbi went to a neighboring village and was observed providing bread for an impoverished family whose children were crying from hunger. Disappointed not to find anything juicier, the villager continued to follow the rabbi and found him on various occasions advocating for someone who had suffered an injustice, teaching a child to read, assisting business partners in the middle of a dispute, and bringing medicine to a housebound elderly person. Suddenly, the villager realized that his rabbi did indeed carry a secret. His life was so in tune with the needs of the people around him that he had dissolved his life into that of service. The villagers was determined to tell all his curious neighbors that he had discovered the secret and gathered them together with the promise of an announcement. But when he noticed the rabbi himself on the edge of the gathering crowd, he became apprehensive. What if there was a reason the rabbi kept his actions a secret? Catching the rabbi's eye, he was suddenly overcome. He wondered if the rabbi's ability to serve selflessly would be compromised if he knew that everybody was aware of his helpful actions. Well, what did you discover? asked the curious villagers. Well, said the person who had been spying on the rabbi with a sigh, I discovered that our rabbi does indeed ascend into the seventh heaven when he is not here among us. And I also discovered that this heaven is there for all of us to access if we so desire. In fact, it is right here among us. The neighbors were very disappointed and dispersed and went back to their homes. The rabbi, however, embraced this curious villager and said, Welcome to the seventh heaven, my friend. Now, obviously, this is not a workplace story. It is a story about service, helpfulness, and humility. But it has a power, and the power is the capacity to inspire through example and show a leadership example that can be applied in many different contexts. 
To effectively lead a workforce, we need to inspire others to greatness by pointing to an example that none of us are above and to which we can all collectively dedicate ourselves, irrespective of creed, race, social class, or other differentiators. So the story of the rabbi and the villager does not tell us how to balance a budget, de-escalate a conflict, or write a business plan, but it provides us with an example for how to be good and competent. It is the key for how to make the spirit of work operational without limiting it to specific time and place, because it answers this question, how should I be in the world? And the answer is, see this example, hear this story, be like that. So if we don't see the spiritual nature of work, we're kind of handicapped. We're handicapped like another story, which is the story of the blind men and the elephant. You may have heard of this folk tale before. And it's the story of seven blind men, each on a different part of the elephant, trying to describe this animal that they had just discovered. So the one closest to the trunk said, oh, this animal is like a snake. It must be related to the snake. Another person who was near the tail said, oh, this animal is like a moving broom. Another person who was close to the massive stomach of the elephant said, this animal is like a rounded wall. And so everybody had only the understanding of what they could feel, but they couldn't see the complete and total elephant. And the complete and total elephant is the spirit of work. And once we see that, we can then remedy issues that are happening in the other parts that may be diseased or that might require some kind of attention. An example of this is my personal issue with dealing with my teeth, which were dissolving And I did not know why. That was a pretty scary thing. My dentist said, your teeth are dissolving. I'm going to make you an appliance. And that didn't stop the dissolving teeth issue. Later, a hygienist said, I believe that you have a tongue tie and possibly surgery would correct it because your mouth is clenching at night as you're trying to breathe differently. And so I went to see a surgeon and I had oral surgery and I still had the problem of my teeth dissolving. So I went to a naturopath who was able to help me with a very simple cure (laughs) to uh, stop the acid reflex by containing the acid in my stomach instead of it going up into my esophagus. It was a relatively low cost. And it took all of those four people, each like one of the blind men in front of the elephant, to try and figure out why the elephant of my teeth dissolving was not being solved. And had they been able to work together, imagine how my teeth could have been saved earlier on and I would have had a lot less remedial and costly treatments to go through. And this is kind of what we are experiencing in the workplace. I'm going to give you a workplace example. We typically look at a workplace issue through only one lens, and then we wonder why things don't improve. And one that I run across very frequently in my business is the tendency of workplaces to hold on to one toxic manager who is causing really difficult issues in the organization. But the owner will hold on to that toxic manager instead of laying them off or putting them on a performance manager program with actionable consequences because and it's always the same excuse, this person is knowledgeable about operations. And they're not considering the impact of that individual's behavior on other workers' emotional and psychological selves. They're not noticing the rise in mistakes, the dip in productivity. And even when faced with the numbers about how much revenue is being lost in the department run by the toxic manager, the owners insist on keeping this manager. They prefer to ignore the results rather than to find a way to remedy the situation with integrity and courage. Because 
They're still looking at it only from the impact of this person is knowledgeable about operations. Instead of considering that this behavior is causing a moral wound where everybody loses their sense that they are human and valuable and the bond of relationality and trust is broken because of this behavior. Because of that, eventually the business will implode. It may happen sooner or later, but it's going to happen because that sacred bond of relationality is not being considered. And the animating spirit and the necessary role of inspiring conduct, that's a good example, is missing. So now I'm going to give you another scenario. And this is one that I actually witnessed myself with a company that I worked with over a period of time. There was an equally toxic manager who just invoked fear in everybody's hearts. And somebody passing by said to him one time in an offhanded way, keep this up and nobody is going to show up for your funeral. Now, he looked like he'd just been hit by a ton of bricks when he heard that comment. And he was moved to call a meeting with his employees and to ask with humility what he could do better. Interestingly, things improved quite quickly. He and his employees started to grow an awareness of their actions and their relationality, and it resulted in increasingly respectful comments and questions and people treating each other with the dignity that they deserved as fellow human beings. That's because people's behavior starts to auto-correct with self-awareness. And without that self-awareness, it doesn't go anywhere. And the self-awareness that this manager received was a spark of considering the trajectory of his own death. So he's thinking, oh, look at all the actions that I have been doing throughout my life and throughout my work life, and I'm going to die someday, and what will I be proud of? And he saw that there wasn't a whole lot he was going to be proud of. And it was a significant awakening for him. That behavior of him becoming more respectful was sustained. So it didn't just happen in a one little, you know, flash in the pan moment and then went back to what he was doing before. I'm not saying it perfect days all the time, but he was actually consciously trying to be respectful in his relationships with other people. And he made significant changes and the whole morale of the workplace changed as a result. So which workplace would you rather work in? The one where the toxicity continues and everybody feels that they have been wounded in their essential humanity or the one where people actually become the example, the change that you would like to see. So I'm going to end with a little bit of a metaphor about a spider and a spider's web. And before reading the excerpt from the book that's about that, I'm going to just remind you of this group game. Probably you've played it. Many people have. Everybody stands in a circle and there's a ball of string. One person holds onto one end and then throws the ball to somebody else without letting go of their end. And eventually the group has created a web with the ball of string. And if one person drops their strand, then the whole web is weakened. If someone pulls on the strand, the whole web is weakened or breaks. And if two or three drop it or pull on it, the entire web is destroyed. And that is the power that we each have in our relationality towards the web and also our responsibility in that individual strand that we hold. So let me read this piece to you. This is from page nine. We cannot understand the nature of work without understanding that human beings are essentially, and before else, spiritual, or that all of life and existence is animated by spirit. The creative force that animates life is the power of divine love expressed in so many ways throughout the sacred texts of the world religions for thousands of years. Readers do not need to believe in a supreme being or to feel that they are spiritual or religious people to benefit from the book. Rather, consider the interconnectedness of all things as various strands of a spider's web. Spirit is the mysterious ability of the spider to create an entire web. Workplaces are the webs, and everything else is a strand. The reason spirit matters so much for work is that human beings need to work as an expression of their soul's their own mysterious ability to spin webs of meaning. 
Work provides human beings with a sense of purpose. It comes from doing what we were created to do. Learn, grow, develop, contribute to building something bigger and better than ourselves as individuals, communities, and institutions. If that purpose is lost, our souls are at first dissatisfied and then distressed. We feel like hungry people who eat but never have our hunger sated. So here's my reflection question for you. If you think about your own role in the workplace as being a strand in a web of meaning, your life's meaning and also the workplace's meaning, how could your workplace be better if interactions with others were animated by this deep sense of respect for the dignity of others? What would be different if every person held on to their strand of meaning with a deep sense of respect for the dignity of others as they were holding on to their own strand? That's my question for you to think about because we can't create a new future of work if we can't imagine something different or better. So this is the spark to help you imagine it so we can all contribute. If you're finding these episodes useful, you can purchase the book. It's called The Spirit of Work, Timeless Wisdom, Current Realities. You can find it online on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, or you can go directly to my website, shiftworkplace.com, and just click on book. Feel free to send me your own insights and stories at marie at shiftworkplace.com. Thank you for listening. And may culture and leadership connections continue to guide and inspire your day. Newsflash. Listeners can now interact with Culture and Leadership Connections podcast by leaving a voice or text message on fan list. It is a fun and quick way to let me know what you liked, ask a question, or leave a suggestion. I will feature some of the voice messages on upcoming episodes. You might be surprised to hear your own voice, but only if you leave a message, of course. So to leave your personal message or your question, go to shiftworkplace.com slash podcast and click on the fan list link to leave it. I can hardly wait to hear what you have to say.